if we are not open about dementia, which we aren't, oh my gosh, don't want to say mom has dementia. It's like mom has brain failure. I mean, I'd love for her not to. She didn't do it on purpose. I'm not, it's like we can now say mom has cancer and she's in remission. It, we caught it fairly early. And people don't go, oh no, she has cancer. But when we say people have dementia, there's still this, oh no, that's horrible. She's going to struggle. You're going to suffer. It's like, whoa, whoa, hang on. You know, because we can notice things early if we're aware. And then we can start saying, I'm not going to be able to go to the end of this journey by myself. Why shouldn't I start looking now at getting what will work well for both of us? Um, Because she and I, like each other, love each other. Yeah. We've not been together 24 seven since I was 16 years old. You know, I mean, the reality, you know, yeah. I moved out, I went to college. <laughs> I love her, but we yeah. have trouble when we have holidays together more than a week. We get on each other's nerves. Let's be real. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn more about how to navigate the healthcare system and how to take care of your health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita, a health educator with a passion for making sure people understand the information that's shared with them. Our guest today is Ms. Tita Snow. Her mission is to shed a positive light on dementia. On this episode, Tita shares strategies for caregivers who are supporting someone living with dementia. Grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hi, Tipa. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I am very excited to be with you. I'm excited about your mission and your work because it makes a difference. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. I'm Tipa Snow. Uh, I'm an occupational therapist by training. I've been in practice 40 years. And before that, I was a family member of someone who was living with dementia, but we didn't even know what it was back then. And um I now run a company called Positive Approach to Care, which helps with training, education, um, advocacy, support for people living with dementia, their families, the care providers, trying to help people create an inclusive community for dementia. Fantastic. Now, what got you involved in dementia? Was it because of that family member you mentioned? Possibly that started it. But then what happened is I was in college trying to decide what I wanted to do. Did I want to go into special education? Did I want to go into healthcare? What did I want to do in healthcare? And part of what I did is I worked in a number of settings. I was a nursing assistant without a certification because they didn't have certifications back then. You were just a helper. And so I did that and I really loved the people, but I didn't like the way we did the job. So I was like, yeah, no. And then I got an undergraduate degree in zoology, which prepares you to do absolutely nothing practical. So <laughs> I took a year and tried to figure out what the heck. And so then I ended up going to, um, I actually worked in a day center um, for people living with dementia and for people with developmental disabilities. And I discovered, wow, I'm really pretty tuned into this. This is cool. And I got the opportunity to go to occupational therapy, master's program. And after that, I gravitated toward aging and therefore eventually dementia, I guess. Fantastic. Could you please explain the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? I know it's something that people confuse. Uh, it's a big question. 
So because Alzheimer's is a word we've used for quite some time, it's hard to get an accurate one. So the accurate answer is dementia is a great big umbrella term that covers somewhere over 150 types of forms, causes of this thing, which means your brain is starting to die. When you have dementia, your brain is dying. Um, and it starts off with just a couple areas and then it starts spreading. And we have yet to figure out a way to stop it or turn it around or cure it or keep it from happening. But there are a whole bunch of different types of dementia. And Alzheimer's is one of the categories under that umbrella. And what it means when you have Alzheimer's is that you have a condition where proteins are not forming right. They, they, your brain isn't working right. And it's because you have something destroying your brain cells and it does it in a particular way. And so for people who have that kind of dementia, there's a pattern. So they have trouble holding on to new information, but old information can be quite good. They have trouble finding the names of things like nouns. So I want to go to, I can't think of the thing that it is. I know that, but I can't think of it's what is, and then I start having trouble with, um, holding on to what happened recently. Like, did I take my medications today or not? Did I take a shower today or did I not? And I start having problems with, um, can I do this on my own or do I need help? Um, are you being helpful? Or are you being tricky? And so I start becoming less able to judge and to be accurate and to know whether um, what's happening is happening and then here and now, or that happened a while ago. Um, and when I can't find something, I may think you took it when in fact I hid it because I was afraid you would take it, but now I don't know the difference. So Alzheimer's is a category and dementia is a great big term for all kinds of brain failure that we can't fix. Oh, that's fantastic. Do we know the cause? What causes it? Ah, now that's a really good question. And we know some dementias, what probably causes them. Other dementias, we're still going, wow, well, we thought it was this, but it's not. So with Alzheimer's, what we believe these days, because it's a major category, we believe that it starts with your brain doesn't work right and you don't remove waste, like the bad stuff that accumulates. And normally every night when you go to sleep, your brain does a cleaning. And it cleans stuff out. And it has certain cells that do that, certain parts of your brain. And they're called microglial cells. And they go around, they go, get rid of this. I'm going to trash this. Let's get rid of that. And it also helps your brain sort of what happened yesterday. Yeah, let's get rid of that. I don't need to keep that. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this, though. And that ability to take care of your brain inside yourself is being damaged by the thing that's happening with Alzheimer's. Um, different dimensions, it's different proteins or... And that's what we know. What we don't know is how to keep it from happening. And it's called a cascade event. Once it starts, we can't seem to turn it off. And that's not, that's not necessarily true with another dementia that's very common, which is vascular dementia. Oh, okay. So if I say to you vascular, what do you think of right away when I say the word vascular? Blood vessels, arteries Blood vessels. and veins. <laughs> yeah. So in this one, Vascular dementia means the blood vessels in your brain, the little capillaries, the little things that give you oxygen and nourishment to your brain cells, they're dying. And they could die in a big group or they could just get sort of hard to function, like if you have diabetes or hypertension. And so what ends up happening is your brain gets fuzzy and 
not working so well, but what exactly, where we're going to see that in your brain, well, that's highly variable. So less predictable than Alzheimer's, how it spreads. Oh, very fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. It might be important for folks to know that there are a couple other kinds of dementia that look really different and act different. And one of them is Lewy body disease. And it looks like Lewy body might be more common in the African-American community in what we call African-American, the black population. Um, and what happens with Lewy body is you have visual disturbances like hallucinations. You have sleep disturbances. You can't sleep through the night, become really distressed. You have delusional thinking. You think things are true that are not true at all. And you may not be able to swallow very well. And then all the symptoms are gone and you're fine. So it looks like a psychiatric condition and it often gets mismanaged as a psychiatric condition and mistreated. And it's actually the beginning of your dementia. And it can be related to Parkinson's, but it may not be. And some medications are really dangerous for people to take. And Unfortunately, there are medical providers who aren't keeping up with this. And that's really important when we talk about good health, knowing what you know and, and becoming knowledgeable as an advocate for yourself or for somebody you care about becomes really important because this is not common knowledge as much as we would like it to be. You say that and you mentioned Parkinson's. And I think that I had a grandmother who had both Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Parkinson's. And I remember that sometimes... I was young when she started getting sick. I was maybe 10 and I would have a conversation with her. It'd be great. And I walk out the room, I come back 10 minutes later and she says, well, who are you? And I was so confused. I said, well, what, what do you mean? We just spoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so she might vary because 10 years ago, people thought Lewy body was very, very rare. And they thought Alzheimer's and Parkinson's what everybody had in her, your, your description of what happened is really consistent with Lewy body, which, which means she probably would have benefited from some strategies that are good for us to use. So we can, we can keep our wits about us and do a good job versus just getting really frustrated and not understanding what's going on. Yes. And I, I know that frustration is very common because you feel like you're repeating yourself or maybe they're constantly calling you all the time. You ask them to put on their shirt and they don't want to put it on. And how how do you manage that? How how What are your recommendations for how caregivers can do this without going crazy? So sometimes for many people, it really helps to take a look at what's happening in the human brain and going, oh, so that part's broken. It's like, yep that part's not working anymore. So let's look at what is working. So she can't hold on to new information, but wanting to hold on to information is solid. She wants to be smart. She wants to know something. She's always been a detailed person. She always wants to know where we're going, what we're doing, who we're meeting. I mean, that's just who she is. And now, no matter how many times you tell her, or even if you write it on paper, as soon as you tell her it falls in the hole in her brain where there used to be brain tissue. And so it's missing. And she, she says again to you, well, where are we going? You never said anything about it. If we have an answer that's, oh, I am so sorry. I thought I said something. So I didn't tell you that. We're going to go to the doctors. Ooh, let me ask you though, Nikita, before we get going, could you help me for a minute? Now, what's your automatic answer when I say, could you help me for a minute? 
What do you think? Yes, because you want to yeah. be helpful. But come here, let me show you. And what I've done is I've transitioned from this repeated conversation that is an endless loop. I can't ever, it just doesn't stick. I'm going to get her into a new situation after I've answered her question. Then I'm going to move into a new space doing something different and saying something different. But that's, unfortunately, that's on me. So I got to know my limits. So one of the tricks with with care providers, family members, is helping them to look in the mirror and know when I need a break. I I, I, I can't do it again. I, I need time out. Because if you don't start taking care of yourself, your own brain starts to go risky. I mean, you start not thinking straight. You start making mistakes. You start getting angry and frustrated and you don't take care of yourself anymore. Um, and that's so common. And we're trying so hard in this generation to break the pattern because we've done it generation after generation after mama took care of grandma, grandma took care of great grandma. I mean, and we thought it was all genetic. And what we're finding out is a lot of it has to do with not getting support when you need support and not looking at yourself and going, I need to start exercising a little more. Taking care of mom is wearing me out, but I'm not exercising. I'm not eating right. I'm grabbing chips. I'm I'm drinking a soda because I just need, I need a rush of sugar. I'm drinking a whole bunch of coffee, so I'll stay awake. I She's not sleeping at night, so neither am I. And it's like, ooh, we need to come up with a, a team. We need to We need to reach out and say, I need help. Um, I'm struggling. And it's not because you're a bad daughter. It's not because you're a bad son. It's not because you don't love somebody. It's no one can carry someone else 24 seven and, and think you're not going to take a toll. So come on in and let's party together. Come on, let's be in this. I need some support, but I'll give you some support. There's some mutuality. So I, I can imagine that working better. Maybe if you've got a couple of siblings, you can share the load. What do you recommend for only children or people? Yeah, who it's time to reach out. Way? Yeah. And this is really common these days. I mean, we're having fewer and fewer people that are available. I need to raise my hand and say, it's not going to be my blood family. It's going to be someone in my community that I make into family. We're going to form new relationships because the one I thought was going to happen, which could be a sibling that doesn't have the time, doesn't have the energy, is not interested, or it could be I'm a solo. Really important to form a community that you feel part of and that you have somebody to turn to and say, if I do your mom this afternoon, can you do mine tomorrow? I've got to go do for an interview. And it's like, sure. But if we don't, if we are not open about dementia, which we aren't, oh my gosh, don't want to say mom has dementia. It's like mom has brain failure. I mean, I'd love for her not to. She didn't do it on purpose. I'm not, it's like, we can now say mom has cancer and she's in remission. It, we caught it fairly early and people don't go, oh no, she has cancer. But when we say people have dementia, there's still this, oh no, that's horrible. She's going to struggle. You're going to suffer. It's like, whoa, whoa, hang on. You know, because we can notice things early if we're aware. And then we can start saying, I'm not going to be able to go to the end of this journey by myself. Why shouldn't I start looking now at getting what will work well for both of us? Um, Because she and I like each other, love each other, 
we've not been together 24 seven since I was 16 years old, you know, I mean, the reality, you know, I moved out, I went to college, <laughs> I love her, but we have trouble when we have holidays together more than a week, we get on each other's nerves. Let's be real. <laughs> and from that perspective too, how, how do, is there a particular way to broach the subject if you're discovering, I think, they're not quite where they used to be. And you want to tell them, but you know they're likely going to get offended if you say, mom, I think you're forgetting things. I think you need to go to the doctor. Oh, good question. Maybe you need to go to assisted care. I can I can imagine it's a very difficult conversation. Transition. I think a transition is in order, is what you're saying. I think something isn't working anymore. So what I need to acknowledge as a as a as a partner is that's my take on it. I think this isn't working anymore. But what I want to do is get curious about her take on it. So mom, tell me how things seem to be going lately because I'm a, I'm a little concerned because it seems like we have similar conversations over and over. Have you noticed anything at all? Because my very first thing I try to help people find out, does the person have some awareness of a change or do they have absolutely none? And it's really important to know that because one of the things that can happen to about half of everybody who gets a dementia is they lose the ability to be self-aware. It's not denial. It's not not trying. It has a word. It's called anisognosia. And it means I cannot be aware of myself. The part of my brain, and it's in the front of your brain, that would let me know, Tipa, you're changing you're having trouble. You are not as good at numbers. You are not as safe making judgments. You shouldn't be driving. You, you're not doing anything all day long. Those abilities are being stolen because that's where in my brain I have damage in about half the time. So if something's wrong, you're the one who I'm fine. You, you think something, and I need to know that as a care partner really quickly because I don't need to push that button. Pushing that button will, pushing that button will cause the person to push you away and say, I don't need you and just stay out of it. You're not, and the very things they need is for you to be part of it. But we've got to, we've got to think, how are we going to do this now? And that probably is going to require you, I need some help on how to do this because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. She doesn't know anything's wrong. And it's like, uh-huh. Yep, she doesn't. So how are we gonna how are we gonna negotiate this? So you're fine and I'm bothering you about that. Wow, that's gotta be frustrating, mom. So I what I'm saying just seems to you like I'm just bringing up mountains and they're just tiny little molehills. Yeah. So mom, I'm wondering, because you know, I get that you don't think anything's going on. Can I ask you for a huge, huge favor? Though, because I am worried and I think. I don't know, because, you know, Uncle Joe had diabetes and Aunt Mary had hypertension. And I would just like your doctor to take a look and see if there's something happening to you that might be causing some of this stuff that I'm noticing and you're not. But it has to be a I get that we're on different pages. Um, and the last thing I want to say is I think you're losing it, Mom. Unless you want to have. <laughs> yeah, I. I like that. It seems 
all your suggestions so far and on your videos on YouTube seem very cooperative. It's not like you're bossing them. You're trying to make them a partner in the process, like an equal stakeholder. Yeah. I mean, you better be really sure they're okay with being bossed if you're going to use a boss model. And the number of people I know that don't mind being bossed around by their children, by their spouse, by a friend. I mean, there are very few that really are easygoing. And it's like, sure, dear, whatever you say. Now, there are some people that say, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. I just I don't I don't know anything anymore. I just I'm losing it. I don't want to go out. I don't want to connect. Well, what that does is, oh, my. Well, now they disconnect from everything and they lose skills ahead of schedule because they're not using those skills. And then I, when are you coming over? Are you coming over? Are you, when are you gonna be here? You can't leave, please don't leave me. I feel, no, where are you going? No, don't leave me with her. Because now I get panicky when you turn away or walk away because you're my brain. That's not a good thing. Um, And it's not good to feel bad about yourself all the time either. I agree. I saw on your website, you said dementia does not rob someone of their dignity. It's our responses to them that does. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So if I come out of my bedroom and I only have a shirt on and no pants, I come out of my bedroom with no pants on. (laughs) It's like, it's what the people around me choose to do with that information. And, And instead I go and somebody could think, huh, So she thought she finished dressing, I bet, because she didn't used to come out of her room naked on the bottom part. So what I could say is, well, Nikita, hey, hey, Nikita, oops, I think you might have forgotten something. Or I could go, oh, Nikita, could you come show me something? There's something in your room I want you to take a look at. And then when I get there, I say, oh, try these on. This This might feel a little bit better. It's a little chilly out there. But if I say instead, Nikita, what are you doing out here? You don't have pants on. Oh my gosh, get back in here, get back in here. And I immediately start trying to shove you back in the room. What I'm saying to you is naughty, naughty, bad girl, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, incompetent woman, how dare you? What are you thinking about? Where's my mother? Where's my sister? Where's the person who should be here? I don't like you. You're not competent. And that's, to me, what makes people feel less. I like that. <laughs> it's maintaining their dignity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, yep, she forgot her pants. Wonder what I can do differently next time. Maybe I need to pause in there, you know, before she finishes. And when I hear her messing with the door, maybe I need to go, not, not, hey, oh, here's your pants over here. Did you want to get those on first? No, I didn't want them on. Oh, okay. Well, it's pretty cold out in the hall. And what I might start doing is lowering the temperature in the living room. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) it's using your brain rather than doing a battle. You know, it's that kind of thinking. That works perfectly if you're in for the evening and some folks are just coming over. Yep. What about when you've got somewhere to go? You've got to be at the doctor's office. You've got to be at the wedding. It's starting at four and now it's 345. And Uh we've been fighting about this for the last hour. So probably this is where I need a plan B and plan B is I'm going, you're not. I mean, and we need to let go of the idea that in this moment, the more I want it, the more it's like tug of war. And it's like some people who play tug of war will not quit 
they'll, they'll, I mean, they'll die with their hands pulling on the rope. And some people are like, okay, I give up. Let's go. That's not what you've got from your description. And so it may be time to have a plan B, which is, okay, I'm going to call somebody or you can stay here. Well, I want to go. Well, then we got to, we got to get clothes on because we're going well, fine. But you know, that's a different plan than the only plan is I don't get to go if you don't go or they'll be disappointed. Or if I can't get you to do this, then that happens. And it's like, well, tell you what, we're going to pay, you know, a hundred dollars to go to the doctors then and not go. But you know, if that's coming out of the bank account, I hate that because he really did want to see you. Well, that's ridiculous. Okay. Well, let's go. Well, fine, but I'm not changing my clothes. Okay. And this is where we get take pride in caring. And what we don't want the doctor to see is how she looks. It's like, why not? He's supposed to be, she or she is supposed to be really tuned in. If I make her look great, but it takes me five hours, what am I proving? That I beat myself up in order to show well at the doctor's office. And it's like, but he's he she is supposed to be helpful to you you're not supposed to be performing for them I love that perspective I've never thought of it like that I know but we we feel this need well I want her in clean clothes I want her to have clean underwear on it comes from our mother you know <laughs> you can't go see the doctor unless you've done everything brush your teeth floss them right before you go to the dentist instead you know we just say this is where we are I mean I am working really hard and she's really having a hard time with this and that may trigger them to think, wow, you look like you need some support. And it's like, I do, because I'm getting stuck and she's getting stuck. And I don't need you to think everything's fine because it isn't, because all it does is my blood pressure goes up, my heart rate goes up, my diabetes gets out of control. I'm eating things I shouldn't be eating. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm not getting my job done because I'm trying to do this. And it's like, ooh, it's time to look in the mirror and go, I need some help. Right. Are there any um, common mistakes or missteps you think caregivers make that we should be correcting? Showering. (laughs) We got to give up on the showering a lot sooner than we do. We make it the battle. I mean, if I had to pick one task that people have such a hard time letting go of is it's your person taking showers. And yet, how many of you as a small child took showers versus you took a bath or you you washed up or mom did things. But all of a sudden, when you get dementia, we want you for sure showering. And it's like, you can't see water. It's hitting you in places you don't understand. You have to get naked to take a shower. Whereas I could wash up at the sink and be clean. I mean, this idea of showering, it's like magic. And it's like, it's just nonsense. Quit battling over showering and do some washing up and do spot checks. And as my grandma used to say, get the high spot. Get the ones where bacteria build up. Those are the ones you want to hit. And remember mouth care instead of worrying so much about showering because mouth care will kill you if you're not doing it because bacteria in your mouth is like, oh my heaven. Um, And that's, I think that to me is just like, we just miss it. We totally miss that part. It is, and it's key to cardiac health. It's key to swallowing safety. So we could reduce aspiration, pneumonia, 
if we were doing more mouth care, but people are not able to do clear, complete swallows and we're not stimulating the mouth often enough. And then we put food and drink in and they're incomplete and it slides back and slides down and then we end up with the pneumonia. Oh, is there more to mouth care than brushing your teeth? Yeah, there's things like gargling or else putting fluid in your mouth to moisten it. Because as we move into the later state, it's very common people to have dry mouth and secretions to build up. Uh, And along the gum line, we may want to just do rubbing with a washcloth versus trying to do a toothbrush, Um, certainly flossing, but sometimes looking for mouth pain or discomfort because it ruins my eating. appetite is affected by whether or not you clean your tongue because your tongue is where you have your sense of taste not the surface of your mouth (laughs) so that's really neat I didn't know that something else think about we know but so the thing is you know it but it's like oh yeah yeah your tongue is where you have taste and it's like "Uh uh-huh Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought beyond, okay, just make sure you brush your teeth, but you have mentioned a lot more about the stimulation of the gum and stuff. That's fascinating. And particularly after you finish eating, if we have somebody who's a little later in the disease, making sure all the food has been gotten out of the outside jaw, because that's where there's pocketing. If they have dentures up under the upper plate, and then when they lay down, whatever was in there has a has a risk of sliding back. So doing a swish and spit after a meal to make sure you've got a clean mouth and nothing bits and parts and pieces floating around in there. You just got a diagnosis of dementia for your loved one. And you think, okay, I'm going to make a go of it first. I'm going to see how I can take care of them. Are there checklists or things that you should be thinking about that you do in their care, like how you've suggested about the mouth? Yeah, there are are a number of things. Yeah, there's a list of sort of what kind of things should people do for themselves every day, every week? What are things people usually do for themselves in their home um, with others for pets? Because what you're taking on, financial management, um, medication management, I mean, all of a sudden your eyes should go, whoa, wait a minute. But at the same time, one of the tricky parts is currently we frequently will miss the early stage of dementia, the early signs in the beginning state of dementia in about 80% of cases. And even though we think it's early, we're in the middle of the disease already. And the person is needing a significant amount of support to get through a day. And what we did is we missed the whole beginning of this and we were frustrated and we got, I mean, she's gotten so ornery, she's stubborn. I mean, she just doesn't do, I mean, she says she goes places, she doesn't, you know, or boy, she's, she didn't do the taxes last year. I didn't know she didn't. We miss our, we miss so many cues that something has happened until there's a uh, moment frequently. Um, So We do need support and we need to think, okay, independent living skills. Those will be the first ones that we'll start to notice. And then it's daily living skills. And then it's doing tasks or specific activities. Like how do I get dressed? How do I go to the bathroom? How do I um, eat? Before it was, how do I fix a meal? And am I just eating junk because I can't organize myself to prepare food or too much like crazy because I'm eating meals multiple times every time I go in the kitchen I fix a sandwich or 
I go through a whole container of cookies because I crave glucose and I don't know I've already eaten. So as a carer, it's like, oh my. Yeah. And usually I would say, oh my, before you get started, get informed because it can feel like you're picking up like a five pound bag of sugar. And before you know it, you're overwhelmed because that wasn't five pounds of sugar. That was... (laughs) That was a boatload yeah. of stuff. <laughs> and you've got the flour and you've got the rice. And you, because, you know, caring for someone is more than just sugar or flour. It's, it's a lot. I mean, if we think of what we do every day to maintain ourselves, and then we think, now I'm going to do it for someone else. And it's not a child who it's a short range project. And they're gaining skill as we go along. This is a full-size human being that over time is going to not be able to do more and more and more. And I'm getting older. They're getting older. Let's really think about this. Um, I want to be in your life and I want to be someone in your life. But being your carer in so many ways, I need. I may need to, to be the load up sooner than I think. So this goes well for all of us. We can sustain much longer when we're all pitching in and figuring out who's going to do what. And if I don't have anybody, I start looking now. So more when if than what if. Oh, I like that. And, and when you start looking, what should you be looking for? Somebody you like, somebody they like. Okay. So skills can be learned. Liking is something we either do or we don't do. So when we see each other, you got seven seconds to be liked. And so how I appear to you, am I willing to put energy into our connection so that when I come into your space, it's Nikita. Hey, how are you? And if I do that, guess what? You're much more likely to like me than if I come in, Nikita, You need to get up out of bed. You've been in bed a while. I mean, what a difference. And it's, do I like you? Do you like me? Can we find a place of mutual? We like each other a little, not just love each other, like each other so that we can use our like to do the things we need to do with less distress. I love that. You mentioned that something that positive approach to care does is advocacy. And so how do we, advocate for ourselves, our our loved ones when it comes to dementia, both at the doctor and outside of the doctor? Yeah. So we really encourage people living with dementia to speak up and speak out. And so we have a, a page for people living with dementia. And we encourage folks to start to say, so they say, well, how's your mom doing? Mom, how are you doing? <laughs> so we turn to the person, the doctor says, how's she been? So mom, how do you feel like you've been? The doctor's wanting to know. And so I, I position myself that I want them to see her and to see me. And I want, you know, I would like to speak to you, but I know my mom has some questions first. So being pretty much, I guess my, my usual is, so if you hire a plumber and he doesn't fix what you asked him to fix and he charges you a lot of money, And he tells you nothing's wrong. And then the same problem is still there. How many times are you going to hire him before you go, wait, I don't think this is working. And I think with physicians or medical providers all too often, we accept 
that there's nothing that can be done rather than them getting us to the right place with the right people so we can get what we need to make this happen. Because this is hard and it's definitely, there are times when it's really intense, but it doesn't have to be awful. Um, So the idea that it gets awful means, ooh, we're letting this go in a way that isn't healthy for them or for us because this isn't okay. You're important too as a care person, um, but so is the person living with dementia. So wanting to advocate for the care system and say, for some people moving into a community setting is perfect. For other people, they want to be at home with family. So we need to provide the support system that allows that to happen. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like your analogy with the plumber. And then you you mentioned, well, why would we be paying money to somebody who's not giving us what we need? But then also, I think sometimes we don't even know what we need or what exists. And so perhaps that's part of the challenge, too, is even knowing what can be done. Exactly. And I think if your person says, well, there's nothing we can do. What I tend to say is, okay, it's time to look for another person because that means they didn't really listen to the individuals involved and come up with, well, how about if we, what if we try this or that? Um, You know, I'm not sure we're going to fix this, but I do think we can change the intensity, the frequency, the, the, the relationship between you so that there's a way, maybe we need to switch something out but not being willing to be curious with you about why this is happening and what we could try. That's not the partner I want as my support. If I'm going to try to give care, Um, I need somebody who's going to respect that we're in this together and we are in this together. And you you're curious enough about what my experience, my mom's experience, my dad's experience, my husband's experience um, so that we can go somewhere healthier for all of us. Are there, as we start to close up, Tifa, are there any thoughts that you have, anything that wasn't mentioned that you think people should know or consider? Um, I think one of the things we devalue is resilience. And as a care person, um, we can develop resilience if we don't let ourselves get into a place of high distress. If I'm stressed somewhat and I can learn to manage and and compensate and figure out strategies, then I become resilient. When the pile builds up on me and I feel overwhelmed by it, then I'm in distress. And a human brain in distress is putting out cortisol, adrenaline. It's it's giving up and it's feeling threatened by so many things. Um, That's hard to come back with resilience when I'm feeling overwhelmed. So taking that time for those of us who are not currently caring for someone living with dementia to say to someone who is, how are you doing? Here, here, here. And listening to their answer because when someone's here, they need help. They need desperate help. When they're here, that's a time to listen. When they're here, let's celebrate that. So you're feeling like you're here Yay, tell me two good things that happened this week for you. Wow, high five. Because one of the things that we forget when you're a care partner for somebody living with dementia is they may not be able to celebrate with you. It worked. She changed her clothes. I got to the doctor's on time. I mean, you go, go, mom, we got to the doctor's on time. Oh, of course we did. 
no, 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 no. This is not, of course we did. I worked hard to get you here. So that I need a place to go celebrate. I need a place. And I'm, I can't blame her. Her brain doesn't get it, but I need that as much as I need air, as much as I need sleep, as much I need affirmation. I need celebration. I need thanks. And sometimes when the person's learning dementia, that's not something they're going to say. Sometimes it is, but I need it just like I need everything else to stay alive and to thrive. And when, if, so if we talk to someone who's a caregiver and we, and they tell us they're feeling down, then I guess it's on us to say, well, what happened? How can I help you? Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, Tell me about the down. Oh, but first, what were two things that weren't as bad as they could have been this week? Helping people realize, really trying to find out, is their glass truly empty? If they say absolutely nothing, then I know I have someone in, not in distress, they're in despair. They're hopeless. They feel helpless. This is emergency then. I, I know I have a red flag emergency that if I don't do something to support, they're both going down. And that's, I think, you know, as a third party, sometimes being willing to be the person to say, wow, I mean, you sound like you're in despair. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time to get some somebody else involved here. Well, no one will do it like I do. I know. But you're not going to be able to do it much longer if we don't change something. Mm-hmm. I love that. Tipa, can you tell people more about Positive Approach to Care and the services that you offer if they want to learn more? Yeah, we have a website. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. And we do a lot of things that are absolutely free. We have lots of options. We have things you can download and look at. You have things that you can download and read. We have videos you can watch. We have um, booklets. We have resources. But we also have things you can purchase and buy and participate in. We do quite a few things live and available as needed. We, We serve people living with, we serve family members, we serve professional individuals and we serve organizations because we're trying hard to create an inclusive um, caring community. Um, Let's see, we have resources, which are always free. We have events, some of which are free and some of which have a fee for them. Um, We have services, which can vary. They build skills, they build knowledge. Um, We do classes online these days, which allow people to start figuring out physical skills So putting my hand near my face and going, hey, and then offering my hand and then taking their hand in a handshake and then sustaining that handhold for movement makes a big difference. And so depending on where somebody is in their condition and they're helping, we try to figure out where someone is and what they need and support them where they are from beginning to end of the disease. Thank you. And I'm going to link to all of your resources because I think they're fantastic. Something I forgot that I wanted to ask you about was any myths or misconceptions when it comes to this. Yeah. Everybody living with dementia will get violent. Everybody living with dementia will get to a place where they don't recognize you. Everybody living with dementia will uh, live to the end of their dementia. Everybody living with dementia is forgetful about um, recent events. 
because it turns out that as many different people as there are who have dementia and the various dementias they may have, there are some dementias that don't rob you of the ability to recognize someone until the very end and past the end of your life. I mean, when your life ends, you still know some people. You know those people who mean something to you. And there are other people that one of the very first things you lose is your ability to recognize people you love. And that's hard. Um, and yet there's not one thing that you can make sure you say that is true for everybody other than their brain is dying and at least two parts are dying. We don't have a way to cure it yet and we know it progresses. So let's be with them and live with them until they can't live anymore. And let's figure out how we're going to do that in a way that doesn't destroy either one of us. Yes. And you actually said one of the myths is everybody living with dementia will live to the end of their disease. What do you mean by that? Only about half of everybody who gets dementia will actually die at the very end of their dementia. They will be dying prematurely. They will die before they reach the end of their dementia. Sometimes from a fall, sometimes from malnutrition, sometimes they die because they have a heart condition or because their diabetes, they're not well managed because they have an accident or a motor vehicle accident. Um, but only about half of everybody who develops dementia actually lives to the very end of as long as you can live with dementia before your brain can't run your body anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. In yeah. which in which case dementia is your cause of death at that Correct. point. Gotcha. Yeah. So I could die of something else like cancer and I could have the beginning phases of dementia. Mm -hmm. And so people are planning for my dementia when what actually robs me of my life is my cancer. And it's like, boy, I wish you'd enjoyed our time together more rather than worrying about, you know, that I would eventually die of dementia. Yes. So there's some opportunities there. Yes. And one other tip that I, I know you often give is about breathing mm. <laughs> and how important that is. I remember I saw you do a skit about taking a breath to set the scene. Do you want to talk about that yeah. briefly? So one of the things we're really good at is when we get surprised, we go, <gasps> And we start holding our breath. Well, keeping breath inside and not drawing and letting it out actually creates CO2 imbalance, oxygen CO2 imbalance, which means you're, you're poisoning your brain. Your brain can't work right. And I'm holding my breath. The reason I'm holding my breath is I'm tense. I'm, I'm waiting for, oh, geez, this isn't going to go well. And to get yourself to go, wow, wow. When you say, wow. It forces you to put the air out and then you go. Let me roll my shoulders. Let me use my diaphragm. Let me put out a sound that goes, wow. And then let's figure out where we're going to go after that. But breathing three deep cleansing breaths before we start something uh, and making sure we're pushing all the air out so we can take in new breath. Um, it's really critical for us and for the person we care about. Because if you, 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 no, 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 you want me to stop. Mom. Hey, mom. You. Yeah. Well, at least you breathe out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and our, our tension, I guess, can be felt in the room too, I guess, oh. if you're already all tight. Yeah, if I walk in and go, oh, all I have to do is my eyes. What is she doing? It's like, mom, what? And my voice, what are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
it, it just, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, ooh, I just triggered all that old mom stuff. It was like, ooh, bad idea. Hey, mom, looks like you're getting up. Hey, listen, could you do me a big favor? Here, hold this for me. She sits down to hold it. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you, Tifa. This was so wonderful. I really enjoyed all your tips and tricks. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming. <laughs> My pleasure. And as I said, thank you for doing what you're doing. It takes all of us together to change what is into what can be. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you would like to learn more about Tifa and her work, there are links in the show notes. Did you know that the Good Health Cafe also has a blog? Subscribe to our mailing list on thegoodhealthcafe.com to get updates when new blogs or episodes are posted. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram too. See you in the cafe next time. Bye.